And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. One, two, three. I, somebody asked me, did they? Where I know you asked me a few weeks ago, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, but somebody asked me even more recently than that. Hey, where's Nerd DC? And uh. I got to tell you, he's not back. Let's not think that uh, this is going to be suddenly. I have a great Ooh. SummerSlam, you know, All song right. for you because no. I can't even tell you what the SummerSlam themes are. I don't even know. Themes, plural, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Yes, I believe there are usually more than one. I know, I think there's at least more than one for uh, NXT TakeOver, all five matches of it. So I have to believe there are at least two. I'm looking it up right now because I know it's sponsored by Cricket Wireless and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mmm, Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right, the theme songs are Go For Broke by Machine Gun Kelly, who the only reason I know him, and he's he's the guy Kevin Owens powerbombed at one point. Isn't that... I always get him mixed up with Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Or at least no. I did yes. before they came to the Dubba Dubba. Machine Gun Kelly Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly Kelly... Is something I'm more interested in seeing. And then there's Empire by Alejandro Gonzalez and John Fulford. That sounds like have, a uh, well-matched duo. I have heard, as far as I know, I have heard neither of these. And what I also like... Oh, no, they're okay, never mind. I thought for a second, I'm looking at the SummerSlam poster, which apparently has a graffiti theme. I don't know why, maybe because it's Brooklyn. But it shows, you know, John Cena and then the four guys from the Raw matchup at the top. And then it shows Jinder Mahal. And they go out of their way to put Jinder Mahal's name there as if more, a lot of people are going to look at it and go, who's that guy? Well, in the grand scheme of things, that seems pretty likely, actually, doesn't well, it? Well, no, I don't think it's a mistake that his name is the most prominent of the... Of the guys on there, or the girls. Although Bailey's also on the SummerSlam poster, which is kind of unfortunate. But it is SummerSlam weekend, Doc Manson, and so I am very happy. I have here a very nice handwritten list of all of the matches. Right now, there are 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There are, I believe, 17 matches. Well, that's less that than going, WrestleMania, so. That are going to take place this weekend. Counting Wait. both TakeOver oh. and... Oh, plenty of time, then. Plenty of time. We had, like, 18 matches at WrestleMania alone, so... Well, there is something that... It, it took me a while to notice it, but as I was preparing for this show, there is a glaring omission. But again, let's go in order, because uh, SummerSlam weekend will start, for most people, with NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 uh, coming up this Saturday I evening. I mean... I would argue that it would start and end on Saturday for some people. You don't think so? Well, I was talking to Shannon Scott on Twitter and at Love to Hulk Smash, and she said she's debating whether or not to even watch on Sunday because she just is so 
apathetic about this card, but I don't see it that way. I find the NXT show to be the weaker one than the WWE show, but apparently well, not everyone feels that way. I mean, you'll have to tell me because I'm really not familiar with the cards, but uh, I'm presuming that Asuka is on the NXT card. Mm-hmm. We went over this last week, and when I read the matches to you, you actually seemed relatively enthused. For you, it was a very positive reaction. Uh, Andrade Almas versus Johnny Gargano. That'll be fine. Alistair Black versus Hideo Itami. I like Alistair Black. The Authors of Pain versus Sanity for the tag team titles. That seems random, but I would like Sanity to have the tag team titles. Ember Moon versus Asuka. Didn't really need to see it again, but it will be a good match. And then the main event is Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre. Happy to see it. So again, you when I read it to you, you were you were fairly positive about that. As opposed to the 12 matches that I could read to you from WWE and you didn't seem to be as enthused about that. Well, let me tell you, after watching television this week, I am a thousand percent more invested in John Cena versus Baron Corbin. So, well, let's start. I was going to go chronologically, but you know what? It's, that always interrupts the flow of conversation. So let's start there because that is probably the biggest news of the week besides Ric Flair's hospitalization. And I'm assuming we are wishing him all the best and a speedy recovery. Um, we are. Uh, I will say, I, based off the information that's out there, I'm not hopeful, no. man. I am not hopeful at all, but I certainly um, do wish the best. Yeah, whenever they say there's problems with multiple organs, that's usually not a good sign. That, combined with medically-induced coma, typically doesn't... Um, now, while you are not a medical doctor, you are you do have advanced learning in the sciences. When is it appropriate to induce a coma? Um, why, would, why is that done? To prevent other damage, I'm guessing... Um, but I'm not really 100% sure on that. Okay. I know how much you love it when I ask you to do science spontaneously on the show for public consumption. Like I said, man, not a medical doctor, so... Um, is it... Here's another random thing, because that's how this show works. Um, when you write, you know, do you go by Dr. Manson? Like, I know you go by Doc Manson for us, but... When, like, letters are addressed to you, you know, I had seen somewhere, I heard on some other podcast that if you are a medical doctor, an MD, you are referred to as doctor. But if you have a PhD, in some cases, you are still called Mr. Now, I would never call you Mr. Manson. That would just seem awkward. But you just how, call how, me doc. How do you how do you feel about that? Um, it depends. But for the most part, um. I earned the letters, so use them. Have you ever corrected someone? No, and I have not. Okay, but you know, you as part them, of my profession, um, in what I do, it is appropriate for say, you know, people working under me to refer to me as Doctor Manson. Yes. Do people do that? that some do. Yes. I don't insist that my professional staff do that. They refer to me by my uh, first name. But, you know, some of the students certainly refer to me as Dr. Manson. 
Well, because your first name is Doc. That's why it's so funny that you went and got your PhD, is you are Doc. Oh, of course. And are also a doctor. You could be called Dr. Doc Manson. Indeed. All right. Anyways, uh, yes. So, all the best to Ric Flair. But the other big story, um, and I, you know, watching, we were on vacation, because that's all I seem to do in the summers, is take vacations. And um, I watched SmackDown Live up until... It was announced that it was time for the main event and John Cena was going to wrestle Jinder Mahal. And I went, I don't need to see that. I'd rather go to bed. And so I turned off the television, but I was still kind of checking things. And all of a sudden, Twitter exploded because Baron Corbin cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase on the SmackDown before SummerSlam. And in seemingly, from all reports, less than a minute, lost. Yep. So he no longer holds the Money in the Bank briefcase. Now, you said uh, you are a 1,000% more invested in this. Care to explain why? Well, I'm going to step back and pretend for a moment that I, I don't actively dislike Baron Corbin and that I'm not, you know, somewhat fatigued, perhaps, by the very talented John Cena. Let's just take a step back and... Look at this from a pure sort of, you know, analytical, story-based sort of background here. Um, Now, John Cena has cost Baron Corbin his money in the bank opportunity. Because really it was John Cena being up on the apron, causing the distraction, which resulted in Baron Corbin losing that match and losing it as quickly as he did. So now, instead of them just sort of randomly having been paired together for SummerSlam, I have an actual story to get behind to care about. Um, Baron Corbin is very angry at John Cena for costing him that ultimate of opportunities. I would expect that this Sunday at SummerSlam that we are going to see a very angry, vicious Baron Corbin and that uh, John Cena is going to be in, I would say, for the fight of his career. Okay. Now you say that because you you gave all those disclaimers, so I would assume that you're not necessarily wild about Baron Corbin. We've long commented on the crease, and they fixed that by putting a shirt on him. They sure um, did. But um, and then you know you're somewhat tired of John Cena. It's interesting to me because. Traditionally, and I think we've talked about this probably last year around this time, SummerSlam is the one pay-per-view where John Cena doesn't seem to mind losing badly. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan, I even think CM Punk there was one there. He, he tends to lose at SummerSlam. So the general idea from all reports and just the way of thinking of it would be that Baron Corbin would win at SummerSlam, and maybe he's not holding the Money in the Bank briefcase, but now he is coming off of the biggest win of his career, which might potentially propel him to a title shot anyways. Potentially. Um, Do you believe there is something else going on? You know, there was rumors that he said some things that were inflammatory, and perhaps they took the briefcase off of him as a punishment, you know, he hasn't been suspended, as far as I know. The match is still going to happen, but... Uh, I don't know. Big Banter certainly does say a lot of things on Twitter, but 
I don't really know if there's any truth to any of that. Uh, at the end of the day, I think, again, just looking at it from that storyline perspective, they tried to have a reason for us to invest in this match, and, and I think that uh, the story that they've written here uh, accomplishes that. So, who are you going with, since it is SummerSlam weekend, so we should, we haven't done it in a while, so let's break out the predictions and productions here. Uh, I'll say Baron Corbin, because the story seems to be heading that way, Um, you know, and again, I have heard nothing to indicate that this was more of a reflection on their lack of faith in Baron Corbin. Um, what, What say you? Who do you think comes out on top here? Um, I think... You know, as you certainly said, I think John Cena's got a very strong uh, losing streak at SummerSlam. It doesn't seem like they're intending to really do much with him at this event. But, you know, um, I know he got that role in that movie, but he hasn't been back for that long after his disappearance following WrestleMania. I think even though he got that role, it's probably a little soon for him to go off to actually make that movie. Um, you know, I think maybe I'm going to give it to John Cena, just because uh, he's the underdog at SummerSlam, isn't he? So let's go with the underdog, John Cena. I, I don't know if you can ever call a 16-time world champion an underdog, but I, I understand your thought process. He certainly is. Baron Corbin will certainly be out for blood, given what happened on Tuesday. So I suppose in that sense, storyline-wise, he might be the underdog. Um... Let's see. So let's. Uh, where shall we bounce around to? Let's talk about this because this was something I recently noticed. There, there is one glaring omission from SummerSlam. Not every title is going to be defended. Okay. The Intercontinental Title, currently held by the Miz, is not currently scheduled to be defended. You would assume, based on the stories that we're having, that the Miz and Jason Jordan would be doing battle. Uh, But that is not the case. And, you know, Raw was in Boston. Many members of the neighborhood, especially including the New Age Insiders, Jason Maltov himself, was at Raw Boston. And while they didn't say that the crowd was super booing, super negative towards Jason Jordan, it was certainly not the reaction that you would expect someone with this level of hype to get. Or would you disagree? I mean, I would disagree only because I don't really think there's a large level of hype around Jason Jordan. I think that, you know, you know, I don't think it's any secret that a lot of, you know, wrestling Twitter feels that the Jason Jordan being the illegitimate son of Kurt Angle is a little bit of a silly storyline. And I don't really think it's working for any of us, you know, so-called um, smart fans, if you will. But... I don't really think they. There's no way they could have thought that that was going to work, right? I, oh, oh no, okay, that doesn't even enter into it. Clearly, they thought it was going to work, but on our behalf, is that really hype? The the fans that are going to cheer, the fans who are going to be vocal in those big wrestling c- cities. I mean, Toronto was another one where I think we saw a very strongly reaction against him. I imagine if they went to Chicago, it would be also the same sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really think there is hype around Jason Jordan. I don't really think he's ever really been that popular or over with the fans. I think American Alpha was for a hot minute, but I don't necessarily know that's because of Jason Jordan. 
Um, I I think they got you know the NXT crowd is a different crowd. We've had that discussion as well. Um, I think Chad Gable, the silliness of that team and how that team came together helped to get them over. And then certainly their performances against the Revival and teams of that ilk also helped. But But let's be honest, what has Jason Jordan done on the main roster that the mainstream majority fans are going to be feeling like this is... This is important. This is hype. I believe they won the SmackDown Tag Team titles. I think they did briefly. So they won the No, but it's not like the crowd doesn't like Jason Jordan. You know, I think even the NXT fans, those kind of hardcore fans, appreciate his talent. I think it's just, for, for the casual fans, they don't know what to make of him. And for the hardcore fans, we are so unimpressed with this storyline that I think I think, I think it's a combination of things. I think you're right. It's definitely the storyline. But also, like you said, I mean, I think you said it best when you just said, I think this is what you said, um, it's not that we don't like Jason Jordan. And I think, you know, that's the right way to phrase that assessment. It's not that we don't like Jason Jordan. No. But we don't particularly like him for him either. I think if he had come over from SmackDown, either in a trade or something like that, and he was getting this push, uh, you know, if he was getting a kind of mid-card title push purely based on his in-ring talent, because no one can say he is a verbal maestro. He's not very good on the microphone. Um, But his in-ring talent is quite good. I think people would be a little bit more behind him. It's this idea that... You know, and again, I don't even think now I haven't watched religiously every single segment, but it doesn't seem like even WWE is really playing up this I'm the son of Kurt Angle storyline. You know, they mention it kind of in passing, but it's not a major part of I don't know, it's a pretty major talking point in terms of what the Miz has been saying about Jason Jordan week after week. But I mean, you're right, I I don't really feel like that that point of his, which he does bring up recurrently, falls flat. I don't really feel like it. It's generating any heat. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. Now I don't know. Again, maybe this will be a last minute addition to the pre-show or something like that. Maybe we'll get an episode of Ms. TV, which seems to, you know, happen from time to time. It's just interesting that this is. As we've said, the second biggest show in WWE's calendar year and one of the major titles is not being defended. Just interesting to me. All right, let's get through NXT and because, again, we've still got 16 matches or so. Um, pro- most likely going to be the opener, Johnny Gargano, everyone's favorite underdog, even though he's not even really an underdog, but everyone's favorite kind of guy next door. Uh, taking on Andrade Almas, who has a new uh, valet. I don't know her name. I think it's something Vega. Um, but she's... Not, no, you haven't watched NXT, so you don't even know this. I've um, seen her. I have seen her yelling at I think people. it's Thea Trinidad. I'm oh. pretty sure that's Thea okay. Trinidad, who's been you know, kind of an indie wrestler and coming up through the system. Again... Both very talented. The match should be very good. It just strikes me as a kind of thrown together sort of match. There's not a huge story 
here. But I would assume Johnny Gargano wins because they're going to build him up so that when Tommaso Ciampa is ready to come back, that storyline is probably going to pick up right where it left off. That makes the most sense to me. But I also see them wanting to paint Johnny Gargano as a strong underdog, and underdogs have to lose. So do you think they're going the Sami Zayn route with this guy? I don't know. Because even Sami Zayn wasn't a giant loser in NXT. Mm, he had the kind of stigma of he couldn't win the big one. I guess, actually, I guess you're right. That whole back and forth with Cesaro. Yeah. And, yeah, even before he got into the title picture, I guess maybe you're right. Um, but he is returning from injury. Mm. Yeah. And again, you know, I don't Andrade Almas is in that Tyler Breeze sort of camp right now where you eventually have to win something. Like, you can't just lose. Especially now you've got this new valet, you know, potentially there's going to be something happening there. Now, again, maybe he shows up at 205 Live and they pretend none of this ever happened. But I'm, I'm going to stick with Gargano, though. You make a valid point. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with Gargano as well, but I'm not, right. I'm not confident in that. How confident are you in Aleister Black versus Hideo Itami and your production therein? Um, not very but I'm going to just give it to Aleister Black because I think he's on something of a winning streak, isn't he? I believe so. He might be undefeated, actually. Yeah, so assuming that's correct, I'm going with him. I can't say that for sure, but it seems I can't remember a time when he lost. It would seem to me that if Hideo Itami is ever going to be anything in this company... He would need to start winning some high-profile matches. Um, yes. He's been derailed so many times. They need to fast-track him to that main event. They need to fast-track him uh, in terms of getting him over with the audience. And a big win over Aleister Black is certainly one way to do that. Mm-hmm. But I personally don't feel like that's the right win no. to accomplish that with Hideo Itami. No, so. it, would be, it would be kind of a nice nitrous boost for him to beat the undefeated guy. Um, And, you know, he certainly has exhibited, I don't know if you know this, but he has essentially turned heel. Um, Hideo Itami. Oh. Nope. Did not know that. Kind of in in his frustration with everything. So it's a nice way of having, again, art imitate life. He is frustrated that he can't seem to get going with his career. He took it out on Cassius Ono, who, interestingly enough, is not on this card. Roddy Strong, not on this card. Um, but, again, I don't think this is... I think this is just going to add to his frustration. And perhaps this feud lasts a while if Black wins and then a Tommy snaps or something yeah. of that nature. Yeah. Um, tag team titles. The Authors of Pain, who have been champions seemingly forever... Uh, defending against Killian Dane and Judge Doom of Sanity. Eric Young making his return. He's been gone for a while due to, he missed a taping or two um, due to, uh, I think, a death in the family. Uh, but he will be returning to join Sanity, and of course, Nikki Cross will be there. Yeah, I just, I, I like the Authors of Pain, sort of. I, I like having these big monsters. And, you know, I, I think they did some good work earlier, uh, when maybe before they won the belts, and even early in their reign. But 
at this point, I'm just sort of like, it doesn't seem like there's anybody left to really work with them. Um, no. I think Sandy would be a nice breath of fresh air in that division, so that's why I'm going to hope that they come out of Saturday with those tag team titles. It's interesting to me because while, you know, we're all gearing up for the May Young Classic, which will be in just a couple of weeks, um, the Dusty Classic tends to take place in the fall. And so mm. you would assume that that is also coming up in the next few months. Besides these two guys and this new team called Street Profits, which is kind of a... I won't call them a crime time style team, but it is a, you know, YouTube videos of them hanging out on the street, I suppose. Uh, I can't tell you another tag team in NXT. Heavy machinery. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, then there's four, so I suppose they can pull together a classic. You know, I'm sure they'll pair Noe Jose up with somebody and they'll do some of those things again. Noe Jose and Cassius Ono. You're probably not. Oh, no way. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. You're not wrong. Um, what's interesting to me about this, and makes me trying to think about it a little more, is, you know, they're revealing some of the roster for WWE 2K18, and Sanity is in the game. Um, hmm. Which makes me wonder if... Now, part of me thinks, well, maybe they will get a title shot because they're going to be in the game, and that's a good thing. But then part of me wonders, maybe they're going to get called up to the main roster, and that might explain why they're in the game, because by the time November comes around, or whenever this game's going to be released, they'll actually be known by more people. Um, so I'm actually going to go that route, if only just so there's some... You know, we don't just make the same predictions and productions over and over again. I'll say the authors of Pain retain, and Sanity gets called up. Okay. Might be too early, but who knows? There certainly could be more tag teams. Do you believe, I haven't heard any of these rumors lately, but do you think we're going to see some sort of shake-up or big series of call-ups heading out of SummerSlam? I don't know about a big series of call-ups, but I do think there will be a shake-up at some point in the near future. I think you might be right. And you've disappeared, which is interesting. Oh, there you are. You were gone for a minute there. I was so now scared. I'm back. All right. He's back because he knows it's time to talk about Asuka. She's in, I think it's day 501 of her title reign. She's approaching the two-year mark, and she's taking on Ember Moon yet again. You said you didn't think that she... Uh, you didn't think that Ember Moon needed another title shot, or you didn't think you needed to see this match again. Uh, but we're going to have it, so what do you think? I think Asuka retains. How long is she going to hold this belt? And more importantly, how long is she going to stay in NXT? You know I, don't I don't, know, I don't know how old she is, but... The, the women's roster on these main brands could use Asuka quite a bit. Asuka is going to get called up in the, next, in the next year, I would say. Oh, absolutely. But, again, I do think that she has more so than, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura... 
She has a sort of severe sort of language deficiency that's going to prevent her from uh, really connecting with the mainstream audiences for the main roster. Mm-hmm. So the longer she, she stays in NXT and the longer she spends you know, practicing her English and promo skills, uh, the better off she's going to be. She is 35. Turns out she is 35. She will be 36 next month. Her birthday is in September. In case you were curious and wanted to get your favorite wrestler or something, her birthday is next month. Okay. Um, Although, you know, I, I say that, but actually, I don't know if that's actually a good argument. Because, at, she's, as you just said, she's 35 years old. She's been in NXT for how long? I mean, she's well, been holding she's the been title for almost two years. She's been champion for 500 days. So, I so would maybe assume, three years she's been around? Probably. Um, so, I mean, at this point, be, I guess. at this point, if you're anybody on the management side of WWE, do you reasonably expect this talent is going to develop any further language skills. Uh, maybe not. So maybe it is getting to be time to bring her up. Yeah. I I think, you know, usually there's a call-up after this. And again, I, I said maybe it would be sanity. But all of these champions, I, you know, this could be one of those shows where every title changes hands and it feels like we kind of head off in a new direction. But I've been saying for a long time that Asuka will not lose this title. She will surrender this title. And while it would have made a lot of sense to offer it up as some part of the women's classic, um, you know, it's not like you're going to have a tournament right after you had a tournament. Uh, I am going to say I think Asuka retains. I don't think Ember Moon is the one to beat her. It just doesn't sound... Right. If she uh, did win, I don't know. I would not be surprised. But at the same time, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's time. I agree. I don't I don't think it's time. Could she lose it? Sure, if they wanted to just move on. But if you're gonna have this woman hold the title for five hundred days, losing it to Ember Moon, sorry, Ember Moon fans out there, uh, just seems a little odd. Uh, main event time, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, NXT title, the glorious one versus uh, the guy who was the chosen one is now is fighting for all of us, which, as you can tell by the way I described it, I have a problem with, but still, that's kind of the story that they've been telling, is, you know, he's fighting for all of those guys who've needed to, you know, who've gotten knocked down and had to get back up again, Yeah, because you'll never ever keep them down. Chumbawamba. Yeah! Uh, you know, I haven't really seen any of this storyline, so I don't really know how they've been painting it, but I don't know. I feel like typically when NXT has serious main event feuds, um, those guys go back and forth three, four times. Um, so... I don't. Oh, you're right. I you're don't. Very, that's a very yeah. good point. So I don't think that this is the one. If this really is, if he is, go, if Drew McIntyre is to be our next NXT champion, I, I don't think it happens on Saturday. Okay. Nope. That's a great point. Um, also, something to consider here is 
The Roderick Strong story is not yet over. The last NXT I watched, which was not this past week, but was the week before, they there was a backstage brawl between Bobby Roode and Roderick Strong. Another one? So I, Yes. Did Roderick Strong on. have his wife and child there again? I don't believe so. Did he have any personality at all? He was yelling. So no. Got it. Great. Great. Let's Depen- keep going. Depends, depends on how you feel about yelling, I suppose. Ah! Um, I'll go ahead and say I don't really believe this, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I'll say, again, you because know, you make a great point that these feuds usually happen multiple times. But I think, again, Bobby Roode's even older than Asuka. So I'm going to assume he's a obvious call-up as well. Um so I'll say Drew McIntyre. Uh, the guy in the crowd is most likely going to be Adam Cole Bebe. He has apparently signed his WWE deal. He's supposed to report to NXT in the next few weeks. So more than likely he'll be the guy sitting front row. Uh, do you uh, care? Are you? I'm. What? I do care. I do care. I care very deeply. Uh, I, I I want to see the backstage awkward interaction. Between Adam Cole and Heath Slater. I need to see this. Baby. Because of the similarity in their characters. Need to see for a second I was For a second I was like, what sort of personal history do I not know about these two men? But no, it's just because their characters are very similar. Fair enough. Fair enough. Alright, so that takes us through NXT. So we're heading into the SummerSlam pre-show. Uh, we have a new Cruiserweight champion. The Cruiserweight title finally changed hands. I said it was going to last till SummerSlam. I was off by six days. Uh, Akira Tozawa has dethroned the king and is the Cruiserweight champion. Is this, Doc Manson, the best thing Titus O'Neil has ever done? In wrestling, obviously. Yes. You know, I know he was part of the primetime players, and they won a couple of tag team titles, but this seems bigger. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it definitely seems like a grand accomplishment, not only for Titus O'Neil, but also Apollo Crews. I would agree. This is certainly the only thing that comes close to this for biggest WWE brand moments is being told to go back to Ring of Honor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and being mule kicked by Braun Strowman. Those are the only other things he's done that could possibly top this. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which is sad um, to say. But, but let me ask you a question here. Um, is Akira Tozawa... He's talented. Um, and ah, 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 I don't care for ah. that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of 205 Live, which is why I'm asking you. Um, was he the guy? Was he the right... Guy? I haven't watched 205 Live in months. Oh, okay. And and is he is no. he is he connecting no. with the mainstream audience where where this makes sense? I well, I, I mean the let, grunting, let me say, let, the Tim the Toolman Taylor grunting that you were just doing. I actually think, I guess when I think back to Raw, I, there are certain audiences that seem to do that along with him. I'll say I'll say this. He has connected more than any other cruiserweight. So I suppose in that sense then yes, he is the right guy. But no, 
I think they could have made a better choice at some point. I really thought Mustafa Ali was going to be the guy. You know, here is this guy who is a minority but is not playing the minority role and is actually trying to unite rather than divide. Maybe that is not the appropriate time to do that. And again, you wonder, you know, when you consider that WWE now has ties with a member of the a high-ranking member of the US government, how that's going to affect things. Um but, you know, I was hoping for somebody else. I like Akira Tozawa. Uh, this Titus brand thing works, kind of. I just don't know what happens. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden 205 Live was gone and these cruiserweights never showed up on TV again. Here's, here's maybe the more important question. Um, what's next for Neville? If I thought, if I had heard that this WWE UK title was actually going to get a show built around it, it would make a lot of sense for Neville to go do that because he's a relatively big name. He might bring some eyes to that brand. Um, but I have heard not a word about whether or not we're going to get that show. Um, I don't think he's going to make the crossover back to the main roster though he could, he certainly wrestled all of those guys. Um, I'm assuming, I honestly think he's going to win the title back at SummerSlam. Mm. I'm I'm penciling him in to regain his title because, again, I don't don't know what happens to the... I feel like the Cruiserweights really go nowhere because I don't know who the next heel is to wrestle Akira Tozawa. But again, I'm not watching 205 Live. It, would it be Davari? Would it be Brian Kendrick again? Is there a new guy that I don't right. even know about? It seems like, I mean, just recently the WWE played a little bit of hot potato with uh, the United States Championship, and maybe that's mm-hmm. just what they're doing here. I mean, at this point, the brand has been around, I don't know, for a year. I mean, how many Cruiserweight Champions have there been? Two? I mean, at some point, just like no, what we more saw. Than that. More than two? I want to say it was Perkins, Kendrick, Swan. Oh, I guess maybe you're Neville. right. Neville. So I think there's been four. Okay, but I, I think my point still stands though, because the brand has been around for a year. I mean, what did they do the first year of the you know the women's revolution on on Raw with with Charlotte and Sasha? I mean, they just traded that belt back and forth, back and forth. So now, even though we haven't had that you know new division. Now, this is really post um, the, the women's title being named a thing. You know, they very quickly made it where they could say, oh, four-time champion, three-time champion, five-time champion. Uh, I, I kind of feel like cruiserweights are, are lacking that, and maybe maybe that's what they're trying to do here. Now we can have a guy who's a two-time champion, a one-time champion, and so on and so forth, uh, build up the seeming importance of different members of that roster by moving that title around a little bit. I mean, maybe that's what they're doing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, again, I, you know, I'm almost have talked to myself in just listening and having this conversation. I've almost talked myself into the notion that it's entirely possible that 205 Live disappears. I mean, I think it's entirely possible that Neville disappears. You think so? I mean, I don't know what his contract situation is, but... You think about this being a guy who was the cream of the crop, head of NXT, uh, bright shining star, comes to the main roster, makes 
they make him wear a cape for the better he part. He was Mighty Mouse. He was Mighty Mouse. Right. And he gets completely de-emphasized, devalued, does a whole lot of nothing, gets squandered, moves around, nothing. Suddenly, now they've got this cruiserweight show, and they make him the big ticket hot item. He goes over there. It seems like it's going to be a great thing. He's transitioning to that, except while he is the greatest thing about that show, I, I, I don't really feel as though the main roster, I'm sorry, the mainstream audience is connecting with that show or those players any more or less as a result of his presence there. Uh, as we saw, you know, people are somewhat disappointed with the recent subscription numbers to the network. So clearly 205 Live is not drawing viewers or subscribers, more importantly, to the WWE Network. Um, so now, from a management perspective, um, Neville hasn't really done anything for them there. Now they're choosing to de-emphasize him, perhaps, by, you know, getting other people into that title picture. If you're Neville, you know, you, you, were, you were reaching for the stars coming off of NXT, and that got dashed. You never really did anything on the main roster. You spun your wheels. And then, they once again, you're reaching for the stars, doing the best work of your career, and now they're just going to take it all away from you again? I mean, if I was Neville, I might be a fairly disgruntled employee, and I might start thinking about what sort of business I could do on the U.K. independent scene. Mm -hmm. Well, again, if the U.K. was going to do a weekly show, or, or they were even going to be kind of a brand and tour around there a little bit, I would be like, this would be perfect for him. He could go back home. You know, again, I don't know what his situation is. Maybe he's got a life here he wouldn't want to leave. But I would assume going back to the UK and representing the WWE and touring around there would would suit him. But, I, you know, I don't know. It, it makes me wonder, again, the rumors that I heard about the Superstar shakeup said that they might include NXT, you know, Again, it would it would be hard to not see it as a demotion, but it would be interesting to see that character go down to NXT and wrestle. You know, we're going to have some big names down there in the next few weeks and months. I would be all for watching Neville return down there and wrestle Roderick Strong or Cassius Ono or Adam Cole or guys of that nature. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know. I, I am not optimistic about the cruiserweight division they have not built any stars that i am currently aware of besides akira tozawa so again maybe in hindsight he is the right choice i just can't see what they're gonna do with this afterwards uh your prediction or production rather neville, neville tozawa all right the other uh, pre-show match is a title match why i don't know uh but the new day are taking on the usos these matches have been very, very good. I suppose we haven't seen we've seen it before, so maybe that's why it's been bumped. But um, the New Day versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles is on the pre-show. The I, New Day are the champions. Ah, I was about to say I don't know which one of those teams. That's why I said it. The is New the Day are still the New Day are still the champions? Um, I say New Day retains. Yeah. I think I don't think you do title changes. Well, although we're predicting that the cruiserweight title is going to change hands, so I suppose you can't say that two title changes will happen on a pre-show unless they really want to make this pre-show a must-watch thing. But again, yeah, I think you're right. I think the New Day does retain. While we're on the subject of SmackDown tag teams, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do I need to give up the ghost on Breezango? Do I need to just? 
Uh, Breezango is one of the best parts of SmackDown Live, in my opinion. Yes. They are... They are fantastic. But they have now been burdened with a comedy gimmick from which they will never recover. Yeah. You're probably right. They are now locked in the Black Lodge. And I don't know if I they will ever return. You know, Fashion Peaks is over. I assume that means they're going to do some other show. But I don't know. They made it sound like this was really it. They like, said they would all... return in two weeks. Oh, that's right. They did. They yeah, said they changed. Year. And they, they switched said 25 it. years, and I got really upset. 25 years, I was upset right. as well. But I don't right. know. We'll see. And, and again, I, part of me is just fine with this if this is all they did. If I never saw, and I like both of them as wrestlers, but if I only saw them wrestle like once a month in a comedy-style match where Tyler Breeze is changing outfits all the time in this Master of Disguise thing, I think I might be okay with it if every week we got them just goofing off and being silly. Yeah, I'd be okay with it. The Southpaw, I don't know, did you watch Southpaw Regional Wrestling? No, I, I watched one episode and I did not care for it at all. Okay. They just released the tr- season two trailer, literally, I think, as we've been recording. So, um, all right. Well, I hope for the best for Brizango, but I really do think I need to stop expecting them to, you know, suddenly win the tag team titles. That's probably a, a fool's errand. Um, while we're on that subject, is, is Emma done? She just seems to be putting over every other woman on. Like, she lost to Mickey James in a couple of minutes in what, I didn't watch it, but from all reports, was a bad match. Well. Did you watch it? No. But, Emma will be in WWE 2K18. I didn't hear any of that. Oh, I said that Emma's going to be in WWE 2K18, so this is probably going to be the best year of her career. Okay. Well. We'll see. All right, it just seems like this would be the same kind of thing that they would do right before releasing her as she puts over everybody else on the way out. I forgot Mickey James was on the roster. Yeah, um, you know, maybe, but I, I think that Emma has a lot left to offer, and if management is paying any attention to social media, I think they would probably realize that too. They might be unhappy with her with the failing of the Emmalina gimmick, and you know, maybe with some of the tweets she's made recently. I could see her legitimately maybe being in the doghouse if some of those tweets weren't things that she was told to tweet, because it's all possible that it was. Um, but even still, I could see there being some degree of you know legitimate heat on her. But, again, if management's paying attention to social media, I think that they realize that there could be some money in her still. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure it's time to get rid of her. No. And, you know, it's interesting to me. Like, I don't know how much... you. May, I assume she's making low six figures. And maybe if she's invested her money well, because she's been with the company for a while, she takes a lot of tropical vacations. Yeah. She like, sure uh, does. I don't know how she even just has the money for that. You know, forgive me, this is slightly uncomfortable for me to say, but her bikini budget must be ungodly. 
the look on your face right now. This dreamy sort of, yeah. I don't get it. I don't. What? She's she's a fine-looking female, but I don't get why people swoon over her so much. Because she's a fine-looking female. She seems like she has a great personality. And, you know, in terms of just conversation, I could just imagine that, you know, you would be up all night with this this woman talking about all sorts of wondrous experiences. I, I just think it would be the most engaging sort of sort of experience. And I think that's that's broadly the appeal. So would you say she's stolen your heart? I, I don't get it. All right, because she she stole stuff in Connecticut. By the way, she stole stuff in our home state. Please. Speaking of talents who are in the doghouse, um, Enzo Amore is going to be spending. I some don't time shark care. Let's move on. <laughs> but it's Big Show versus Big. Can cast. you tell me that, that you that, care? Let, let's. No, of course I don't care. The only thing I cared about was that Cass looked like he died when he got punched a couple weeks ago. I didn't watch any of this. This is going to be on the main show. You have a title match no, it's not. between two competent tag teams. It'll be on the main show. No, it's going to be on the main show solely because there's a shark cage. It's really the mm, only no, gimmick right. match of here. You're right. Uh, Cass is going to win. He has to, right? Yes. But, like, I don't understand what they're doing because it seems like Cass has come out on top a whole lot in these back and forths, with the exception of that one where he died. I I think they're trying to get him over as kind of the next big giant of Raw, which only works because wrestlers over the last few years have gotten smaller. Um, I don't know why. uh, Braun Strowman, I know. Yeah. Like, I don't know know why they're trying to do this on Raw when they have Braun Strowman. It would make a whole lot more sense for Cass to be on SmackDown. And again, maybe there'll be a shakeup. Maybe he'll move over. It'll be he and Carmella. And maybe James Ellsworth and everything will be fine. But um, but yeah, I think Cass wins. And I do think we see some sort of weird gimmick where Enzo gets dropped. Like the shark cage gets dropped and he disappears and we might never see him again. Okay, that's possible. All right. Randy Orton taking on Rusev. Oh, that's a match. It is. Um, Rusev put Chad Gable in the accolade on a table because, as we all know, tables make camel clutches more painful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then Fact. he came. Then he came back into the ring, and there was an RKO out of nowhere, or as to, uh, what's his name, Tom Phillips put it, Randy Orton out of nowhere with an RKO. I'm like, that's not the line. <laughs> Well, you know, he was too busy but yes. sending text messages. Randy Orton. I don't get it. Randy Orton versus Rusev. Is this Rusev's big win? No. Is this what catapults him to the next level, or do you think Orton wins? I'm going to assume Orton wins, because it seems like Orton always wins. I'm going to say, Rusev, because I will go down with this ship if I have to, that this is what... Uh, Please, you already went down with the Brizongo ship, as you admitted earlier in the show. And I'm going to go down with the Bray Wyatt ship. I've gone... To, I go down with all of them. I'm just... I'm a loyal fan. I, it takes a lot to get me to give up. What do you think about the fact that Lana is now 
like it, it seems like the wrestler experiment is over, and again, and now Lana's going to manage Tamina. Yeah. It's interesting. It's true. We I don't recall ever a time when a female managed another female. Fair enough. So um, it's interesting. Sure. But I'm fine with it. I don't know if the wrestling experiment is over. Um, but we'll she see. says she's going to continue to train. She says she's going to continue to wrestle, but it doesn't sound like it's going to happen as much on SmackDown. That's unfortunate. Um, I thought she was a fine wrestling talent. I enjoyed her. I had no problem letting her continue, but people were very excited to hear that she was going back to being a manager. And so, I don't know. We'll see We'll see where it goes. It's an interesting turn of events. Uh, another interesting turn of events was the Gangrel-style bloodbath that Bray Wyatt gave to Mr. Finn Balor. Um, and we now know, it was announced, that Demon Balor is returning to take on Bray Wyatt at SummerSlam. I'm glad that they felt the need to announce that. It seemed weird to announce that. Uh, I also don't know how he's going to paint over his big Amish beard. Like, I hope it stays. I'm assuming he'll shave. I assume so. But I I would like to see him, like, the paint just not really working. So what did you think about that visual of uh, blood-red baby Balor... Flopping across the canvas. What did, how did you... Like, okay, did, no, we need, we need to write that down, because that's that's the title of this episode. Blood Red Baby Balor flapping across the canvas. I'm writing it down. Make Blood sure you send that in the email with your file to red me. Red Baby Balor flapping. <laughs> not squirming, not struggling, flapping. Yeah, I mean... It was like quite so the many... visual. Do, do you think that, that was intentional? I, I don't know. You, sir, are a poet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I didn't notice the flapping so much. I did kind of pop a little bit because it was very Gangrelian, and that music and that character I enjoyed as a wannabe goth teenager. Um, but I, I thought it was a little much. The fact that he had the bucket. WrestleMagic doesn't require tools. I don't know if maybe he was supposed to get rid of the bucket and didn't have enough time, but like holding the bucket to me, I was like, I, I'm, I'm, my, my disbelief is not as suspended as it should be because uh, I still I see the bucket, but I suppose that was probably not necessarily what I should have been focusing on. No, I suppose not. So who do you think wins? Um, the Demon King. As much as I love Bray Wyatt, him winning on Raw guarantees that Demon Balor will win. And again, I am fine with that. I have come to terms with Bray Wyatt being who Bray Wyatt is. I refuse to give up on Rusev quite yet. Um, U.S. title. Man, we still have... Oh, there's like seven more... No, six more matches. Uh, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens with... Shane McMahon as a referee, I thought it was very interesting that SmackDown, one of the big events of SmackDown, was a public apology. Remember when SmackDown was, like, firing on all cylinders and was, like, must-watch TV every single week? I do. And now, and now, come watch us apologize. 
Um, I'm just going to do this rapid fire. AJ Styles wins, setting up Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens at a later date. Just adding fuel to that fire. I'm just thinking about it. You're right. Oh, yes, you're right. I almost talked myself into it, hating myself all the way. I almost talked myself into a Shane McMahon heel turn, but it's not going to happen. I mean, alternatively, you know, we could be setting up for Styles McMahon 2 at WrestleMania this year. That's always a possibility. No, I think we're going to get Owens McMahon. I think so, too, but... But again, I st- I'm still of the belief, and I know the longer we get, the closer we get to the Royal Rumble, the more ludicrous this sounds. I'm still holding that little candle that Sami Zayn's going to win the Rumble, and it's going to be Re- Owen Zayn again at WrestleMania. My but, secret hope is that AJ Styles wins the Rumble this year. To take on. I don't know, whoever. Jinder Mahal. But, you know, the all time greats, it seems like. They, they yeah. win a rumble, and you're not wrong. I I do think that they view AJ Styles that way. I do, and I, I I think it would be a good feather in his cap. Again, he's an older guy. They have to compress his career, um, mm-hmm. make sure they what? get those milestones in when they can. And his first two WrestleManias were Jericho and Shane McMahon, which is not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but have been undercard matches. So, you know, and again, Shinsuke Nakamura is wrestling for the WWE title, so it's easy to paint a picture where he's the champion and AJ wins the Rumble and everyone gets the dream match that they want, which is AJ Nakamura at WrestleMania. Sure. I'm fine with that, too. Um, let's ping pong, ping ponging back and forth. The Raw Tag Team titles. Did you find the... Eventually, <laughs> you don't know the match. Um, did you find the Ambrose Rollins reunion to be as awkward as I did? I might have missed that. It was the beginning of Raw. Yeah, I think I missed the they first They were going back and forth. Ambrose put his fist in. Rollins wouldn't do it. Rollins put his fist in. Ambrose wouldn't do it. And they had to do it at the same time. And they were obviously, like, counting with each other. Uh, it just, you know, it was a nice moment, but it just seemed like it took a little too long. But they're winning the tag team titles, aren't they? Or is this all leading up to them feuding again? I mean, I like I told you before, I would have preferred that this was leading to them feuding, but I think if that's where it was leading, it wouldn't have gotten to this point. So yeah, uh, yeah, I no, guess I, I guess they win. I don't know. The team of Ambrolins shall win the tag team titles, making Dean Ambrose a Grand Slam champion. Good. He deserves it. A world U.S. intercontinental and tag team title. Just just a fun little fact. Mm. Um, In what will obviously be Doc Manson's favorite match of the evening, Naomi will be taking on Natalia for the SmackDown Women's title. Has This is a real question. Has Natalia ever been a champion was she divas champion even I, she probably I'm was right look it up. now before you I, look it up though what do you think do you think she was ever yes a champion yes i think so i think she would have to be i would think she would Just, have to be but i can't remember a time it's one of those things that i i assume she would be but uh i could be wrong and she is a she is a one-time divas champion hmm 
She won the belt, because now I'm even curious. I'm going to look it up. She won the belt in November of 2010, defeating Michelle McCool. She held it for 70 days, and then she lost it to Eve Torres. Interesting. Um, you know, if... If Naomi does not win this match, Carmella will leave SummerSlam as the SmackDown Women's Champion. See, and I say, if Naomi wins this match, Carmella leaves as champion. It is weird to have a heel cash in on another heel. It is weird. Not unprecedented, I'm sure, but unusual. It is unusual. We saw Corbin cash in on Jinder. So that was a heel heel. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing is, if Naomi, you know, doesn't win the match, if she loses, say, to Natalia, then she can come back and say she never got her rematch. So it sets up a feud with her and Carmella being the current champion. And, I mean, on top of just sort of adding that fuel to the fire, just the way that I think the management sort of views Natalia. Um, I know we've just were talking about, you know, the cruiserweights and oh, well, now we can say that she's a two-time women's champion, but the way that they view her, can't you see them wanting also to just have her be the record record holder for, for the seven second women's champion? Like, I, don't you, I just, something Maybe. about that seems seems right to me you know i i personally don't think we're gonna see a cash in at all i know it's been hyped 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 but we just saw a cash in yeah so i think i think you may be right about that actually like do they want to lose both of those potential storylines right in the same week i think they've done Uh, that before but yeah i mean yeah going back to the match i guess i'm just gonna say uh naomi wins okay i'm saying natalia but I could be, you know, Naomi obviously is very popular. People love the entrance. People love the whole shtick. But uh, I'm done with it, personally. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss, the Raw women's title. Did you love that they got a giant lifeguard chair for her? I know you pointed out the reason behind it. But then they also intentionally did not show her getting into the chair because it probably took an effort to climb up into that thing for little five foot one Alexa Bliss. Yeah, um, it was humorous. We'll leave it. I at that. enjoyed it. I thought it was clever. It was, you know, I like what Alexa's doing. I think she retains, mainly because I'm also thinking that you know one women's title will change, so the other one probably won't. I think she keeps this title. I think she um, keeps it as well. But uh, but you know. I think this, especially since this is kind of a substitute, it was supposed to be Bailey. Maybe they had plans for Bailey to get the title, but I think Alexa keeps it. The match should be pretty good. I was rooting for Nia. I was rooting for Nia Jax pretty hard. Were you? I was. I'm. I'm. I'm bought into the Nia Jax experience. Huh. So. All right. Um. I'm also a little bought into the Jinder Mahal experience, which is why I don't believe he's going to lose his title. No, he'll be retaining. So he will he will be defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. Perhaps there will be chicanery with either the Sings, or perhaps we will see another return of the Great Kali or something like that. But um, but yeah, I don't think it's time for him to lose the belt. As much as everyone would love it if uh, Shinsuke won. 
I, I don't think so. No, I think Ginger still has a lot of money left to be made uh, in India. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, I don't think it's time. I, I, I kind of meant what I said when you I, when you said earlier that you thought AJ Styles was going to win the Royal Rumble, and I said and wrestle who. Part of me was serious when I said Ginger Mahal. Yeah. He could still be the champion by Mania season. I know people are going to hate that, but it's true, folks. From a business perspective, it might be that he stays champion for multiple months. Hmm. We'll see. There's good possibilities. Which, which brings us to our main event, and I am very excited because we have obviously a clear main event, and this is a match that I would guess most people are most looking forward to. This Fatal 4-Way, Brock, Braun, Roman, and Joe, is a match that a lot they've hyped it very well, and the match itself should be, I think, very good. What are, you, what are your thoughts? We know how you feel about Roman. We know how you feel about Braun. Um, do we see a new champion? Is Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, are they done in WWE? Was this just another step in the dominance that is Brock Lesnar? Where, where, where do you stand, sir? I think Brock Lesnar retains his title. It's hard to argue with that. It really is. As much as I would love to see Samoa Joe win the title, as much as I would love to see Braun Strowman win the title, um, as much as many people, not myself and not you, would love to see Roman Reigns win the title, um, it's hard to argue with the idea that Brock loses this. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a fatal four-way. There's three other guys in there. Brock doesn't have to be involved in the decision. It's the I didn't perfect. know that. It is the they, they perfect. They really should go out of their way to tell me that. They really should. But, I mean, it really is the perfect, you know, storm in terms of getting that title belt off of Brock Lesnar without actually having him lose a match. Like, you could do it here. Um, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they saw a great response to Brock Lesnar on Raw these last couple of weeks. Their strategy of having him around... Uh, only periodically is working. And let's face it, folks, if Brock Lesnar is returning to the UFC, if he's really going to be doing that and getting all of that publicity and headlines and all those talk shows and all over ESPN about his big grand return to UFC, don't you think Vince McMahon wants him to be the WWE's champion while that publicity is going on? I think so. You've talked me into it. I was going to make a case for, I don't even know who I would have made a case for. <clears throat> I was going to make a case for the field, I suppose, because, you know. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think it makes the most sense for Brock to win and lose eventually. I'm hoping it's Braun Strowman in a one-on-one -on -one match at some point down the road, whether it's Mania or not. But all right. It took a while, but we finally got through all of the matches. It is going to be one of those exhausting marathons as a wrestling fan to get through Saturday night, Sunday night, and then Monday and Tuesday where we kick off the post-SummerSlam, well, probably lull because I don't know I, what's next after this. I don't know how I feel about these weekends with NXT and a pay-per-view, Um I usually, you know, I'm, I'm usually very excited going into the weekend. I usually have a great time watching a, a shorter, compact, action-packed 
usually very enjoyable show on Saturday night, and that usually hypes me up. I'm ready for Sunday, and then Sunday inevitably becomes a slog. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not looking forward to it this time. I I, I don't know. There's something about the, the 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 extra length of SummerSlam, starting at seven, pre-show at six, all these matches, that even if you know the, the card it looks okay on paper, but nothing's too special. I just I I I'm, I'm feeling the fatigue already, and we haven't even started. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I'm with you. Uh, it doesn't help that I got an email that, you know, the the work that I was going to have to do, there's there's a little bit of curriculum work, real life is starting for me, um, got moved from Tuesday to Monday mm. in order to accommodate the schedule. So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I have to be at work at 8 a.m. on Monday. So what you're saying is it's going to just be me and GQ for SummerSlam. I thought other people were coming, too. I thought the arsonist was going to be there. No, he's working. He has a weird schedule where he's at work at 4.30 in the morning. So, Oh, I feel that's, that, is, um, that is even worse. That mm. is even worse than my schedule. Uh, I, it, is, it is still up in the air, but it looks likely that you know, if, I, if I do arrive, I will not stay the whole time, considering I fell asleep last time. Mm, fair enough. Perhaps there will be a match or two here, and I can certainly find... <laughs> if I can get confirmation... That the stupid shark cage match happens at like nine or nine fifteen. I'll come for the first half, and then I will leave for the shark cage and go home to watch the rest. Don't you want to so, see? Uh, no. Don't you want to see him just no. fall to the mat and no? Have I that just want to hear about it. Look and... I want to hear about it and then never see him again. Right. That's really right. what okay. I want. Yeah. What I also want is to read our emails. Our emails. What? What? Our emails. We have two of them, despite my most fervent efforts uh, to get more. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. The first one, which I will read, comes from Pav. Hey, guys. Been a while, but Glenn came to my hatch, beat the door down, and well, here I am. A five to ten second applause for Glenn, please. I hope you all, Doc, DC, and Mrs. Manson, are well, in good health, in a good place spiritually and mentally, and just enjoying life. Are you in a good place spiritually and mentally? Uh, mentally, yes. DC, the last time I listened, I remember you saying how you find the internet not the best place. Well, as the son of a plumber, a hem teacher, just remember you're in a fortunate position where you have a great impact on children's lives every day. You're the Hashtag. son of a teacher? I believe Pav is the son of a teacher. Oh. I believe that's what he's saying. So as the son of a teacher, he knows that I am in a fortunate position where I get to impact children's lives every day. Okay. Do you, On to the top. Do you, do you feel like you make an impact? Yes. Maybe not every day. Hmm. But but yes, I do understand that my the work I am doing is meaningful, just like you probably feel like the work you are doing is meaningful. Absolutely. You are, pro- you are providing a higher education. Don't blink like that. You do. <sighs> On to the topic. I have noticed a trend post-WrestleMania. We have seen big four pay-per-view-worthy matches like Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe on a brand-specific pay-per-view and Shinsuke versus John Cena on free TV. <clears throat> While instead of Naomi versus Charlotte, we are getting Naomi versus Natalia at SummerSlam. 
are WWE translating their we don't need to create stars at the risk of a 2004 Lesnar leaving, so the company company is the attraction to pay-per-view. So to translate what Pav said, Pav is saying that WWE lately has promoted the company first and the talent later, and so that's kind of, you know, SummerSlam's going to sell itself. We don't have to have an all-star match on every in every single slot, whereas you might for Battleground or... Things like that. What I mean is, the mantra of the big four sell themselves. Oh, I could have just kept reading the darn paper, the thing. All right. While with brand-specific pay-per-views, a phenomenon not seen since 07, and Meltzer saying they haven't helped, I can understand if this trend continues as well as on weekly TV. It's like the world titles designation. The universal title can never go to SmackDown, as it will never be credible. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Raw sells itself, so it doesn't need or should have the WWE title, and so WWE uses the promotion sells itself mantra across the board. What do you guys think? It's great to be home. I may write for Rant with Ant. Heck, I'm an NAI Patreon, but mark my words, DDT Wrestling will always be my home in the neighborhood, the POV. Um, I, I guess to the point, you, you know, we've maybe have talked about this before that WWE does sell itself. It's, you know, it's not building these major stars. Um, I don't personally think that's a problem. It actually makes a lot of business sense for them to do that because that means that they can lose anyone and not take a hit like they did when CM Punk and Daniel Bryan went down. There was a little bit of a hit there. Um, you know, they have a lot of plug-and-play guys who they can use. So, you know, perhaps what Pav says makes some sense. Yeah, it does. Um, but ultimately, I, I, I do think that the WWE, in, you know, creating and, um, you know, you know propagating this, 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 this business mantra of theirs, I, I think they've created a a, a problem for themselves. I, I think they have a perception problem with their fans. Um, it does seem like they are unable or perhaps unwilling to simply give us, the audience, what we want. And I, I do think that that is problematic for them. Um, I, I think part of the reason why you do see a downtick in ratings, the reason why you see flat adoption of the WWE Network is because... I don't know of anybody who is telling people you need to watch the WWE's product. All the like serious wrestling fans out there, I don't know of one who evangelizes this product to anybody who isn't already watching wrestling. Now, that said, I do know of people who say, oh, you've got to watch progress. I know of people who say you've got to watch um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, hardcore fans vocal fans talk about those other promotions and tell people that they need to see them. Nobody's saying that about the WWE, and I think this behavior that Pod is talking about is, is, is a symptom, perhaps, of this larger problem, which is the WWE um, in... in they, they, they seem to have, have this, this corporate mindset to not give the audience exactly what they want because they know better than the audience. I don't know exactly what the rationale there is, but I do think it creates a problem for them in terms of longevity because, you know, we are their evangelists, and if we're not 
bought in if we're not out there doing the marketing and publicity for them uh, i just don't know how they continue to be successful long term i agree with what you're saying but you and i both are on twitter what sort of evangelizing are we supposed to be doing? Are we supposed to be converting people in our daily lives? Am I supposed to be going to my classroom and trying to get my students to watch? Are you supposed to be wearing a, you know, Ms. Taraj shirt to the Maybe. lab to try to get your your students to do that? Like, I'm not saying actively, but you know, you're you, out for you're out for a Friday night at a Buffalo Wild Wings with a group of guys who you know could because you're into baseball or whatever it is that you're doing there, trivia night. It's not me, maybe. It's not you. But there's plenty of other people in the neighborhood for whom that's not an outside-of-the-box moment. They have a casual sort of sports fan. They see you know, they see Brock Lesnar show up on ESPN because the television is on. They're doing an interview with him there. And they turn and you say, hey, you were watching that wrestling stuff. Should I be watching the WWE? And they say, oh, well, no, what you should be watching is New Japan Pro Wrestling. What you should be watching is progress. And I actually think that is an issue. That is the issue. I'm not saying okay. necessarily in your daily life, but the people who are out there who show interest who come to you who ask, oh, man, is this good? I remember watching that back in the day. I remember the Attitude Era. Man, should I be watching that? It seems like it's a big deal again. They're on ESPN, and they're, they're going to talk to their friend who's into this, like the people who are really there and know their stuff, and I don't think anybody's going to tell them, oh, yeah, totally tune in. Okay. Do you? I, it's, it's, well, it's hard for me to identify with that, because I've never had anyone come to me and say, oh, I used to be a wrestling fan, should I keep watching? People will say I used to be a wrestler. Like, I've had one conversation that I can think of with a, a former wrestling fan, and we just, you know, waxed rhapsodic about what, you, you know, we talked about Bret Hart, and we talked about all of that sort of stuff. I mean, I'll admit, it doesn't because, happen in because, my daily life, because no. I don't admit that I watch wrestling to anybody. No, but uh, it's also because if I'm ever going to be out at Buffalo Wild Wings, you're going to be there. Because I have a very small handful of friends, okay, and I, do, and I don't stretch beyond that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but again, I understand what you're saying, and you make a valid point. There, there could be a chance, but I also think that somebody who might see Brock Lesnar on TV and go, hmm, I wonder if I should be watching that, is also just as likely to pick up their phone to type in hashtag WWE into Twitter and read about it. And we are, even if we're necessarily sometimes negative about it, we are evangelizing online, on social media, talking about this. We, we are so... But again, I do think you, you raise a valid point. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't but at think the same... But again... I- I just think the other point of part of this is going back to Pob's email. If they were to go crazy with this, if they were to go Braun Strowman, everybody's behind Braun Strowman. We're going to make you the champion. We're going to have you out there, and everybody's going to be cheering you. And the fan favorite Braun Strowman is out there at the top of the card, and Roman Reigns is nowhere to be seen. And suddenly, you know, you and I are a lot happier with this product. And imagine if imagine you can't you can't identify with this because it doesn't happen. But imagine if that was a long term thing. If it was six months of oh my god that this is just so good. Everything they're doing is great. These decisions and they're they're giving us what we want. These are the fa-. like at that point like you would maybe talk about this product with other people, which is just not something that happens now, outside it's of the impossible. people that are already in the scene. Yes. 
but I would argue it is impossible to do what you just said. Because they might spend six months making you and I happy, but there are hundreds if not thousands of other people who would hate what we would like. We would like potentially Roman Reigns to go to the back and Braun Strowman to have a long title reign. There are people who are going to hate that because they happen to be Roman Reigns fans or they happen to be Dean Ambrose fans. And if Dean Ambrose isn't doing something, I they're going to complain about that. But I do think that there is a um, silent majority for whom that doesn't matter. They need to be catering to the people who are talking loudest about their product. And right now, the loudest people talking on Twitter, I think, are very negative about the WWE. All right. Well, perhaps that is something that they will address as we go. We have one more email to get to, and then this has been a lengthy show. So, Danielle Arbell has emailed us at ddtwrestling at gmail.com, and she says... Hello! What is the best jingle you know of? Which one is the most annoying? Should we table this for a future episode of DC and Doc Talk? Like, jingle, like, I'm assuming it's like a, you know, I always think by Menon, which I don't even know what that is, but it's a jingle that you heard when you were a kid. Um, I've always been very partial to uh, a Sleepies. Sleepies for the rest of your life. That's a good one. I like that one because it works on multiple levels. Because you sleep for the rest of your life? Right. I mean, you, you could you could sleep for the rest of your life because the mattress is that good. And also, you know, you're only going to buy a mattress from Sleepies for the rest of your life. You're showing that brand loyalty because the experience there was so good. I always assumed that if you bought a mattress from Sleepies, they killed you and buried you in the mattress. And so you were trusting Sleepies for the rest of your life, which wouldn't be long before you were dead. <laughs> I see. You always thought this, did you? Of course. Uh-huh. Forever. Uh-huh. Um, the only other jingle that pops into my head is the hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. All you know is that you let us do it your way. Have it your way. Have it your way. Have it your way at Burger King. I wish that backdoor donuts had a jingle. I'd like to hear whatever that little gem would be. Most annoying jingle? Um, I don't know. I might have to think about that one. Yeah, I think we should table that part and, and give it some thought. So we'll, we'll save a deeper discussion on jingles uh, for a later date. But Danielle's email continues. So I actually watched NXT this week. I forgot that Mauro Ranallo was announcing at NXT. Is it me or did his announcing style change? Do you guys think Jim Ross will announce an NXT match? If so, which one? Enjoy SummerSlam and TakeOver. At Danielle At Sully, Danielle Sully 19. 19. Um, starting with the last question, will Jim Ross announce an NXT match? No. They would have announced it by now, I think. He's he's the voice of the Mae Young Classic, which is great, with Lita and, I think, Alundra Blaze. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll do, you know... Maybe he'll do like UK Championship or things like that, but no, I don't think. You know, Mauro Ronaldo and Nigel McGuinness have a good thing going with the other guy, Showtime Percy Watson. So I think they they will continue that. Has Mauro's announcing style changed? Probably because NXT does a lot of post production, so you know he's not going to have that same level of enthusiasm that carried him through a two hour show because he's layering in. I haven't watched too too much of his announcing 
uh, on NXT, but my impression, my brief impression of it was he seemed to be going less out of his way to make pop culture puns. Yes. Um, he was kind of focusing on the wrestling. That's what right. I noticed. And I and think I that's that. only beneficial. So. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Pav. Thank you, Tina Singh, for trying to sell us marketing in India. We appreciate that. Um, very quickly, because, again, this has been a long show. What's your piece of positivity? Hmm. Positivity for this week. I I mean, I don't know, man. The Fashion Files continues to be quite funny. I just wish that would go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay, here's my piece of positivity. This is a good one. I am looking forward to the main event of SummerSlam. I that's think they have one. done that's an excellent one. job building that main event. I think that match feels like a main event. Yes, I said that earlier. Did you enjoy the blonde security guard who got like punched <laughs> and did the? Who, who jumped all out of to the be ring? Like, they're all trying to be like that security guard who I think Braun threw out of the ring and he died. Well, I actually think that that might have been Dolph Ziggler. Just we did, we didn't recognize him. <laughs> it seemed like that right. kind of sell. So uh, you might be right. Um, I'm going to go along the same lines. We are. You know, again, it's going to be a, a, it will sometimes feel like a slog. It is a marathon, not a sprint. But there are very quality matches up and down this card. There are going to be great matches on Saturday night. There are going to be great matches on Sunday night. I am sure there will be moments that we will talk about for years to come. And that can't ever be a bad thing. Well, I suppose it can. But it likely will not be a bad thing. Not in this case. Um, so I'm excited about that. I am excited to talk about it with you, whether it's this weekend, next week, for weeks to come. Uh, that part is exciting to me. So anything else there, Doc Manson, uh, that you would like to say before we head out into this evening and SummerSlam weekend? I, I just, again, want to give a little bit of props, I guess, to the WWE. I know I was a little negative on them before, but I am looking forward to this main event, and... You know, although the show didn't really turn out that way, I, I, I also was looking forward to the main event of Great Balls of Fire. So, you know, they've been on a little bit of a successful streak, I would say, uh, the last couple of months in that main event scene. So I would uh, agree. kudos to them. I would agree completely. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Enjoy SummerSlam weekend. Promoting positivity. Let the Pope speak for just two seconds. Enjoy it. Take what you get and find the positives in it. If you don't like something, just ignore it and only talk about the positives. And trust me, we'll be able to read between the lines and figure it out. We will see you around the neighborhood. <laughs>